The Pat Kenny Show with MasterCard. Share an extraordinary experiences all over the world with priceless cities at priceless.com. This is News Talk. Colin in Rathfarnham. I have a very clever dog. Last night he made a bolt for the door. (laughs) (laughs) Pete, good morning and welcome. Good morning. We don't normally talk Brexit with you, but we are going to talk Brexit today. Well, as we get closer and as it looks as if a no deal may indeed be what's going to happen, I think it's important that people with, with, with pets in particular, from my perspective, that they're aware of what that means. Because people just don't realise. Yeah. Now, uh, clearly, driving up to uh, Northern Ireland with the dog on the back hasn't been a problem. Could it become a problem? Well, yes, strictly speaking, it, it could do. Uh, it should do. Because what will happen um, is that initially, at least, until something else might be negotiated, but who knows, Britain will become, instead of being part of the EU, in other words, like borderless free travel, what will happen is it will become what's called... Um, a third country, an unlisted third country. So at the moment, to go across an EU border, any EU border, you have to have an EU pet passport. Yeah. And in order to have that, you have to have your dog microchipped or your cat, and you also have to have a rabies vaccination given at least three weeks beforehand. But that's all you need to do. And that a single rabies vaccination will last for three years. So it's fairly straightforward. You know, you decide you want to go in a month's time, no worries, go down to the vet, get the vaccine, job done for three years. Now, what's going to happen instead... If it's an unlisted third country, which is what will happen, you will have to have um, microchip, um, rabies vaccination, and then crucially, you have to have a blood sample taken one month later to ensure that the vaccine is taken. And then you cannot travel for three months after that, after the date of the blood test. That means there's a minimum of four months before you can go to the UK. So, strictly speaking, you wouldn't be able to take a dog from the south to north without having had that yeah, done. But you're not going to be stopped and then you're on the ferry and you're over in the UK anyway. You know? Well, you see, that's the problem. It's very straightforward, perhaps across the sea, at, at, at at ports to put in some sort of check place to make sure people have done this. But nobody's going to stop people going across the border, nor indeed across from the north to Scotland. And so people, in fact, are already doing that to avoid pet passports altogether. They just drive up to the north with their dogs in the back of the car and across. I mean, there are apparently spot Mm -hmm. checks, but it's hardly enforced. So it's a really big issue for Brexit. So if you're planning to do something like this, you've got to have uh, you, the start doing this stuff now. Because it's too in late. Theory, it's too, if you want to travel in April or May, you can't do it now. But in, in theory, if you were using the land bridge and bringing the dog to the gite that you've rented in mm. the north of France for the Holliers and you're using land bridge, you're going out of the EU into this third country and then out again. Yes. Uh, and that you're could, right. <laughs> even more checks. And yeah, so, even and so more on. checks. So it's, mm. uh, anyway, what about um, the equine? business because a huge amount of uh, horsey business both north and south and east and west. Yeah well it's not really my area but I do know that again um, UK will become um, an unlisted third country so no movement of horses would be permitted from the UK to and from Ireland and export certificates would be needed uh, on a permanent or temporary basis. So again it's very very complicated moving from a very free system to a very complicated system. One of the things we've been hearing about is potential shortages of medicines for humans. Now what about Mm. veterinary medicines? Well that's also going to follow because like at the moment veterinary medicines are authorised by the European Medicines Agency and some bought from the UK by Irish vets if, if you can't get those particular drugs in this country. Um, and so in a no-deal scenario, 
we have to work out, well, how are you going to continue to do those kind of exports? And if you can't, then how are you going to deal with shortages? And to give a, a really current example, at the moment, the most common gaseous anaesthetic to be used by vets in Ireland, isofluorine, is currently unavailable from Irish wholesalers. So at the moment, we have to import that from the UK. And it's quite easy to do within mm. the EU. Who knows how difficult that will be to do after the end of March. So if if we were now in April, May, we we would be unable to get gaseous anaesthetic for our, for pets, and that would then stop operations happening to dogs in Ireland and cats. Can you imagine? That's what potentially lies ahead. It hasn't been sorted yet. Uh, what about farm animals? Farm animals, well... If there was no agreed backstop in place, then you'd have to have veterinary checks on live animals and products of animal origin at the land border between the north and the south. That's what you'd have to have. So you, so you have to find a way of around that. You ha- that's why you need mm. a backstop. That's what you can't have. Yeah. If there's a border there, you're going to have... I mean, there's huge... Um, crossing of, of animals and yeah. animal products But I mean, there are day. some fields that straddle the border. So you have your livestock who are in Northern Ireland chewing the cud, then they wander south and chew a bit more, yeah. then they wander back again. And, you know, in terms of regulation, who is responsible for the animal health of the creature who is free to wander north and south at will? It's a very good question. And this is just the animal area. This is just a microcosm of what's happening across the board in all sorts of different areas of life. So it's a great muddle right now, isn't it? It certainly is. All right. Now we have some questions coming in. Uh, This one. My beagle isn't great for traveling, always ends up getting sick. It's very energetic and keen to move about while in the car. We've tried everything in terms of harnessing and even sitting holding it, but to no avail. It'll start drooling heavily within a couple of minutes of the car starting to move. It's been the same since it was a pup. Anything we can do. It loves walks, and I'd love to be able to bring it off to new places in the car for walks. Well, stop. Stop. You have to just stop right now, because if you just keep doing the same thing to your dog, you're going to perpetuate the problem and make it worse. You have to call a halt at the moment to going in the car completely. And what you have to then do is try to get your dog used to a new situation which which it's comfortable in. So I would suggest, for example, getting a wire cage to the back of the car and put nice bedding in it, put a chew toy of some kind in it and start to put your dog in the car, in that crate, in the boot, in the back of the car when the car is completely stationary, not the engine on or anything. Get your dog used to that for a couple of weeks. Once your dog is happy doing that, then get in the car, turn the engine on, have the engine running, leave the dog there for a couple of weeks engine running, dog in the back of the car. Well, then you go on to very, very short journeys and then you go on from there. Get your dog used to it again. At the, at the moment, your dog just hates travelling in a car, gets motion sickness and it's a disaster. So you have to gradually get the dog used to it, starting from scratch. I think my dog has fleas. How do I treat him? I've heard you can buy a collar. That's from Leah. Well, I'd say that's the last thing you want to buy is a collar, frankly. There's way, way better ways of controlling fleas than collars. You can get spot-on products that go in the back of the neck. You can get a tablet. You can, there's one tablet that will last three months, that will get rid of all fleas on your dog completely. One tablet. Um, There's a tablet that lasts a month you can get as well. Um, And you can also get sprays, non-toxic sprays that last for a couple of months. So there's lots of alternatives. I would say collars are the least effective of them all. Uh, Talk to your vet, by the way. Talk to your vet. Vets have access to all the best of these methods. Every time my husband comes home from work, our Jack Russell goes crazy with excitement, running up and down the house, stairs and so on. Why is he doing this? Is there anything I can do to calm him down a little bit? Yesterday, he missed steps on the stairs as he was running down too quickly with excitement. I don't want him to get hurt from Angela. Yeah, I used to have a little 
terrier dog who used to be like this when I got back from work. And it was very upsetting because he used to go so demented I couldn't even talk to my family because this wild creature was tearing around me. So I, I talked to behaviourist and we, we decided on a really good answer, which is this. When I get back from work, I completely ignore the dog as if the dog isn't there. I, I just totally stonewall him instead of giving him attention. And what happened when I did this was that he very quickly learned there was no point in getting excited when I got back because he wouldn't get anything back. So he just stayed in his bed sleeping when I got back and then what would happen would be about 20 minutes later once I realised that he wasn't going to get hyper excited I'd go over to him and say hi little spot how are you doing great to see you and he'd get then just moderately excited rather than totally hyper excited so that's what I would suggest it's difficult to stonewall a dog because you feel you're being mean but it's really effective what's happening is your dog is just getting totally um, hyper excited because he's he's got his pent up energy that he's used to getting loads of attention at this particular time and you have to diffuse that by doing what I suggest Now Luke was asked the question what's the smartest dog? The mm. dog with the best IQ. Do you know? Well I, again I have heard that the Border Kelly is one Border, border Collie is one of the smartest but I would be saying well do you really want to have the smartest dog because smart dogs are actually more difficult as pets because <laughs> they can open doors and they can work out how to sneak treats when you don't want them to uh, what we want is a slightly dumbed down dog I think to have as a perfect animal to live with us uh, let's see this one I have a one year old Golden Doodle and uh, Springer they both need a haircut now should I wait until after the cold spill the kids are afraid they'll be too cold I would either wait till after the cold spell or if they're really matted, get them clipped and then get them little coats. Coats are really effective for dogs. They're not silly ideas for fashion. They're really useful things to put on dogs in cold weather. OK, because often you see them and they look like a fashion accessory and mm. affectation, but they're not no, necessarily so. If you choose one carefully, they, they can be very snug and very warming and really appropriate. Mm. My friend is moving to Canada at the end of the year. What is the criterion for moving his German shepherd with him? OK, I'd always say go online. Just literally Google taking my dog to Canada because there are very specific rules. But in general, to my knowledge, um, you simply need to have a pet passport that's, that's, that's valid. And again, that means microchip, rabies vaccination, wait three weeks and they, away you go. But do check because they do keep changing the stipulations yeah. uh, intermittently. I so mean, in theory, if you're going to an area where there is rabies, mm. um, there might be one set of rules, whereas coming back from an area that has rabies is it's where more you really... It's, it's, it's more complicated. complicated. It's more complicated. But you can, wherever you're going, you always need to check the up-to-date information to make sure that you're not mm. caught out by a sudden change in rules. And then quarantine and all that awaits you. You don't if, get if to you see do your it, dog for if ages. You, if you do it wrongly, it can be really complex. All right, well, uh, Pete is going to continue answering your questions on uh, facebook.com forward slash newstalkfm. Uh, Pete will be available for your questions. And if you want to know more about Pete, you can find him on Facebook as simply Pete the Vet. Pete Wedderburn, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Pat.